This section is really representing what you guys are almost filled up. I guess, you know, this is like the roomy, the economy plus is over here and, you know, you guys are, that's okay. Um, so glad, to, <laughs> so glad to have you guys here this morning. Um, we are just, um, if you're like just picking up the middle, if this is your first time, first time in a long time, maybe you're online tuning in for the first time. So happy to have you here. But just to catch you up on where we've been, we're in the middle of this series called uh, Becoming Everyday Disciples. And what we're doing is we're sort of like, um, talking about some things that I'm asking those who call I-90 Community Church home to, to just participate in. They're just little things, little things that aren't, they don't, you don't need to clear out room in your schedule for these things. These are things that could fit right into the life that you're living right now, ways to uh, practice discipleship in, in practical ways to Jesus, because I think we really need to be intentional about it. Um, if we're going to decide to follow Jesus, Jesus, I think, I think presented to his disciples just, just a way of being, a way of engaging in the world, a, a way of thinking which would lead to some action. And so what we're talking about um, over the next uh, couple weeks, we're, about, we're a little over halfway through, is some things that we could do. And, and we've talked about um, four of them already. The first three were to, to bless. I'm just asking you guys to intentionally bless one follower of Jesus and somebody who doesn't follow Jesus every single week. Um, and, and there's a whole there's a message for each of these ones. If you want more information, just go back. I'm not going to redo that because we'll be here for so long. Um, uh, and so, and then the other thing I'm asking you guys to do is eat with someone that you wouldn't normally eat with twice a month. To just spend time around a table sharing life with someone who you wouldn't normally share life with, right? And then you know, obviously, like looking for opportunities in that time to just love on on, on that person and share Jesus with that person. Uh, to confess, I'm asking you guys to confess to God and to others um, once a week, once a week, to take that time and, and to do it like, like a discipline. Like, you know, like even if it doesn't occur to you to, to take the time and really think, what do I have to confess to God? And what do I have to confess to others? And, and not just like to feel guilty, right? But actually, <laughs> the, the amazing thing we've associated confession with, oh, I do this when I feel guilty. The purpose of confession is to leave guilt behind, and to turn to the hope that we have in Jesus. We have, we have forgiveness. We have acceptance. Like, come on. Confession should be something that we do with joy because it is the thing that is bringing us past, like, this, this old shame, the old hang-ups, and it's bringing us to hope in Jesus. So, like, we should be really loving confession. We should think of it that way. Um, and then the thing that we're talking about this morning, we started talking about it last week, is that I'm asking you to, to open your mouth um, uh, and talk about Jesus with someone every single week. Just, just open your mouth. Just do the simple thing of opening your mouth and talking. And then last week, we, we, we talked about sort of the, the heart stuff behind that. Um, because I think, especially when it comes to this discipline, sharing Jesus with our mouths with people, we have to have the heart right. We've got to understand what it is to be people who are um, just, just sharing what Jesus has done in our lives. Um, because if we, if we treat it like um, just an obligation, then I, I think it just pe people can pick up on that and, and it's, it's, it's lame and we, we would hate doing this. But if, but if we're just speaking of, as people who are just like from the overflow of what we've seen God doing in our lives, just talking about Jesus... How great, it's just like so much more natural. So we're, we're trying to do this thing of it being natural. I, 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 um, I was a worship leader for like several years before I uh, took on a, like a lead pastor role. 
And um, I just love worship. We were just singing like this time together. And I just, I just love worship. The first song, everybody's just coming in and having coffee, you know, <laughs> and, and having to sing, you know, in the middle of it. And that's just the way it is. You know, people get settled in. The second song, we sort of, you like start to get settled. And then we had this beautiful moment. I, I'm not sure if you noticed it. Like, and I, it wasn't because of the smoke machine that we don't have, right? We don't, we don't have a smoke machine for you online people. In case you're wondering, you know, a fire marshal would come out. It'd be bad. Um, so, like, we just, just started to sing, you are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. And what I, what, at least, I, like, I was surprised by that moment because it's crazy that you can just do this thing, which is really just method, right? Singing words on a screen to a tune. And you could do that, and it could mean nothing. But when there are times when you do the method thing, right, you, you do the discipline thing, and then all of a sudden you have this sense that, oh, there's, this is something, there's something awesome happening here. Like, we're meeting with God here in this moment. I, when, when we just come and sing to God that he's, he's worthy of it all, like, and we're just surprised by how true that is and how that just, like, resounds in our hearts, like, like isn't that so much different than just... You're worthy of it all, you're worthy of it all. But just to, just to really be like, felt like we're meeting with God in a moment. I think that's so beautiful. And I think that we should be speaking and opening our mouths from that same kind of overflow. Yeah, doing some of the discipline side of it, saying, okay, I'm going to do this every week. I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to talk about Jesus every week, but also just like sharing from the heart. Um, and so, yeah, so there's, there's um, heart, but then there's also method. And I, I think that in America, we just love to like, go off of our emotions and try to cultivate our emotions. I think we also need to cultivate some discipline. And so this morning, I, we're going to have some special guests. Bob and Judy Smith are going to come on up. Come on up, guys. Um, and we're going to have a conversation. Let's give, let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Um, I, I wanted to invite Bob and Judy up to... Do we have their... Oh, you've got it. Okay. I want to invite Bob and Judy up because um, they're very wise... All right, all right. Uh, well, I think they're very wise. Um, well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You're not old. You're, you're, as, you're as young as you feel. I don't know. I feel old, so. Um, very wise and have, have, like, so much to offer. And, and um, you guys have just a great story. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, uh, relevant to what we're talking about this morning, I have gotten to know you guys a little bit over the past two years, and I can even see you guys looking for opportunities, particularly in a world that is so weird the last two years, of how do you share Jesus in this season of life. And you guys are further along in your journey, and to just see you intentionally looking for opportunities, and I've seen this, and, and then asking for advice and thinking about how do I go about getting into situations where I can share Jesus with people, I've been so encouraged to see that, so... Uh, I, I wanted to invite you up because I've seen, I've seen your, your, really, your desire to share Jesus with people. You, you, you're thoughtful about it. And so I thought maybe you guys would have some um, good advice for us as we're thinking about how do we do the same thing. So um, I just gave you like a very, very basic outline of what we can do. And actually, we could put up the next slide here for a second. We're also going to do, we've been doing this thing, Slido, so you can scan that QR code. While we're going on, and you can write a question. If you have a question at the end, if we have time, we're going to take questions. So you can, you can write a question. If you have a practical question about how do I show Jesus in a certain situation, you know, uh, anything that we're talking about, 
you can go ahead and, and type it while we're, while we're having this conversation. At the end, we'll come to it. And if you don't have a question, but you're nosy, you can, <laughs> no, it's okay. uh, you can see other people's questions, and you can actually like upvote a question that you like. You say, oh, I'd like that one. And the one that has the most votes will we'll answer. So it's just, it's just a popularity contest. Uh, no, <laughs> no, yeah, that's not cool. Um, but yeah, so, so that's a way that you guys can participate in and ask questions as, as we come along here. So while we're talking, you can do that. Please don't just, you know, please listen at the same time. Um, but I wanted to start off and just hear a little bit about your story. And uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll tell you real quickly uh, uh, I'll try to be as quick as I can. I was uh, a pretty hard sell on being a Christian. I, I went to uh, uh, church when I was little, um, was unimpressed. Uh, the, the, the pastor was not somebody that I, you know, wanted to emulate <laughs> in any kind of way. And then to make matters worse, uh, I, I met his son who, I was probably about 11 by the time I, I spent some time with his oldest son. And, uh, and he was about 16, and he was the most negative person that I had met up, up to that point in my life. And, and so it, 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 it kind of confirmed, okay, what he's talking about, eh, because look at the fruit. And, and that was an 11-year-old. That, that was my impression from that. And, and I, was, uh, I was kind of, uh, I am a 220 spirit in a 110 body. You know, I'm a little bit out of control and, and intense, you know, and so I went on with life and, and messed up my life. I, I kind of gave up on Christianity, and unfortunately, every Christian I ran into reinforced my belief that, you know, there's not much in it, in it for me, and so uh, given that left to my own devices, I, I really destroyed my life quickly and, and uh, ended up in a drug rehabilitation program when I was 20 years old. Um, and, I, and I wasn't a kid that grew up in the slums. I, was, I did okay in, in high school. Um, my parents were, were, were good parents and stuff. It was, it was really uh, just, you know, that, that hunger for something tangible that was life-changing, yeah. and I hadn't seen it yet. And really, the first people that I saw it in was these people in this drug rehabilitation program. And I didn't go into the drug program because I had to. I went there because my sister got arrested from, in a drug thing, and I went, to, and she invited me to come visit. And I went and visited, and I saw the fruit of these people's lives and in group therapy. You know, they, they, it seemed like they had no ulterior motive. It seemed like they were genuinely just interested in me, this hippie dude, you know, this was in the 60s, so, no, 70s now, <laughs> long hair, hippie, leather, fringe, all that kind of stuff. I was, I was the, yeah, that was it. That was me. You should um, bring that back sometime. It's, <laughs> it's all coming back around. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, they just, uh, they just obviously had something that I didn't, and I, I suspected they might be Christians, but they never once talked about Jesus while I was there, and I kept coming back and kept coming back. And I drove, I was going to Western Washington uh, University at that time. I drove 100 miles every Friday night for, at five o'clock, as soon as I got out of chemistry lab, and made it to these group therapy sessions. Every, I never missed a week. At first week, I told them, I probably won't be back. This is cool, but I probably won't be back. I never missed a session the whole rest of that semester. Um, and uh, because I, I, I had to see, what is it about these, people that's so different you know and they were the most confident they were the most gracious they were the most 
uh, open, transparent people that I'd ever met. And I said, I got to find out what this is all about. So at the end of that quarter, I actually dropped out of, uh, of, of college and I went into this drug program. It was, a, it was a year and a half long residential program. So it was no small commitment. I lived there for a year and a half and uh, met this man who, who was just uh, my hero and my mentor. And, and uh, after I was there for about six or eight months, you couldn't go to church until then. I went to the church and I, and I saw this man who I just like, I, I'll do whatever I, I can do to, to have half of what he has, you know. And I saw him in church for the first time. <laughs> I'll probably cry. And I saw him in the church, and he's, he's on the front row. He's a six-year-old man, black man, three years of, of, uh, of, of education. And he's going, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus, you know. And this man was the strongest man I'd ever met, and I saw the source of his yeah. power right in that moment. And I said, this is what I need to change my life. You know, even though I was on the right path, when I saw him tap into the power source yeah. and identify it, I said, that is what I need. And I couldn't get to the altar quick enough, you know. And, uh, and that, was, that, was, uh, that was my life from, from that point on. I knew, I knew that I didn't deserve to have what I had once I, once I got saved. And I met her in the drug rehabilitation program. And, not a dating uh, process I recommend, but it worked for, for us. <laughs> and, uh, and, and while I was there in that drug program, five of my friends had, had died, four of them from overdose and, and one from uh, being murdered. Um, and I was 21 years old by that time, you know. And so I knew that I had been rescued. Like, it, it, so obvious, you know, and so... That was really kind of became, you know, the, the pattern for my life is yeah. to share that transition of my life um, with yeah. other people in whatever manner I could. And it's kind of been a yeah. long road. But anyway, I, 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 I want to hear from Judy in just a second. But I just wanted to point out because I think it's worth pointing out that what you saw is is just evidence of a different kind of life in this person. Yeah. I mean, nobody sold you anything. Right. Like, this person was just living. Yeah. In a different way, right? And just from the overflow, like, that's what was beautiful yeah. about that. That's, I love that. I love that. All right. Let's hear from Judy. Okay. Wow. Um, my story was a little bit different. And put up, that, put up the first slide that I, I asked about. Because I recently had the opportunity to visit my hometown in California that I grew up in. I hadn't been back there for over 50 years. And, um, and I was raised in church. Now, that was the one... One good thing about my family is my mother took us to church. My dad never went, but my mother took us. And I got saved many times in that church because it was a Baptist church. So every time an evangelist came to speak and preach hellfire and brimstone, I was scared to death. I was probably just going to go to hell. I'm just sure I was because I hit my sister the day before. And, and so, you know, but even still, that was still good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, I did know right from wrong. I did, I did accept Jesus into my heart, you know, and he saw that. And, and then it wasn't until I was, it, now that fear doesn't hold anybody, honestly. You know, it, it really, fear of going to hell is not going to really hold anybody. Um, you know, they'll know we're Christians by our love. And so, you know, when I went, being in such a dysfunctional home and, and, 
you know, not a horrible home, just a very uncared for child, um, you know, I was looking for something more because I was also a 220 and a 110, and I just had a lot of energy, and you know, and I, but I had no direction. And so we went to another church when I was a teenager, and it was a spirit-filled church called Melody Land Christian Center. You may have heard of it. David Wilkerson used to go there once a month. But I still got in trouble, you know, and ended up pregnant a couple times before I went in the drug program where I met Bob. And so in a very short amount of time, I really screwed up my life, you know. And, and this will make me cry also. But going back there and seeing my beginnings, it was like, wow, God, it's all you. You were always there taking me to where I am now and giving me the life that I had. And, and that makes me think, you never know where people's beginnings were. You never know who you're talking to. You never know what they've experienced. And many people, you, you think they don't want to know anything about God, you know, because of the way that they act or whatever, and yet they're a pastor's kid. <laughs> they're an evangelist kid, you know, or, or it doesn't matter, but they, they have some background, and I've seen that in my opportunities to share Christ with people, you know, and the word evangelism and, and the word I, I saw last week on the Slido, salesy, salesman, you know. I didn't know if that was a negative thing or positive thing somebody was saying. <laughs> As a saleswoman yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, those sometimes have negative connotations because of, you know, pushiness and, and nobody wants to be sold anything. Yeah. You know, we, we maybe want to, want, to, want to buy or we need something, but we don't want to be sold anything. And I never wanted to be a salesperson, and then I found out I was a very good one, you know. But I, I equate that to evangelism or sharing Christ because um, when you see somebody has a need and you can feel that need, that makes you a really good salesperson hmm. because you, you listen to people and, and you've got something that they've got, yeah. that they need. Yeah. And, and that's what I think about Jesus. It's like, we've got the goods, <laughs> you know. If you know you've got Jesus and you've got the goods, then, you know, don't you want to tell everybody about every good sale that you see or every good book that you've read or every good movie you've seen? You, you've got something. Yeah. You want to you tell them. I do, you know. So that's a salesperson. You're, yeah. you, read this book. But um, so anyways, that's a, it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that, um, you know, yeah, on, on one level, I think some people feel uncomfortable with sales. I, I, I had a sales background before I was in ministry just for a couple no, of years. No, we hate salespeople. We hate salespeople, yeah. I worked at Enterprise one. Rent-A-Car. No. So, you know, I was the guy who was trying to, do you like to pay more money for the same thing? Um, <clears throat> it didn't work. Um, but, so, so there's, the, there's that attitude. At the same time, I think what you said is right. Like, like, the gospel is good news. Like, it's good news for, for people's real needs. And um, we can't lose, lose sight of that. Um, on one level, I think we, we, we have to think about that. One, one question that I really wanted to get to today is, like, how do we... We'll talk about really practically how do, you, how do we share the gospel in a second, but how do we recognize people who, like, God is, is, is like... Showing us that we should share the gospel with, because I've I've definitely experienced like you know you you, you get in some conversations and yes like 
I understand people have needs, but they definitely are not ready. Like, like you can tell when people are, are, are more ready than not. And, you know, selling something to someone who doesn't want it feels icky, but offering something to somebody who has a real need is, is amazing. Yeah. So what are the things, like, how do you discern when you're talking to somebody who just really needs Jesus, like, and that they're ready to hear about it. Are, are there ways that you've done that, uh, noticed that over the years? Well, I don't, I, you know, in listening to people, they'll oftentimes say something, you okay. know, and they'll talk about something that's going on with them or something. And then, you know, I mean, I look at evangelism or whatever you want to call yeah. it as there's planters, there's sowers, there's harvesters. And okay. we're all going to be one of those at some time. We're yeah. not always going to be the harvesters that are going to be the person that's there to pray for that person, yeah. but we might be the planters or the waterers. Yeah. But you don't know until you open your mouth and just say something. So oftentimes, mm -hmm. you know, in just conversation with anybody, it could be a stranger that, you know, a sales salesperson or whatever, some cashier or whatever, if they start talking about something, I'll ask them, okay. can I pray for you? Yeah, so if there's an open you know, so door for them being personal, I I kind of open that yeah. door. Okay. Now, yeah. if they, I very yeah. rarely, <laughs> very rarely had somebody say, no, nah, I'm good, Yeah. you know. No, they want prayer, yeah. oftentimes, or at least they're too scared to say they don't, you know, but... <laughs> Whatever works! <laughs> but, it, but it gives me an opportunity to touch their life yeah. and to let them know, you know, and then when I can pray, and oftentimes when I'm praying, I use scripture because God's mm. word is alive, you yeah. know, and sharper than any two-edged sword when, you know, you, you pray your word, his word, um, you know, whether a person needs healing or, or, you know, God's word is good for people. Yeah. You know, then um, it, they're touched, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's all actually not my responsibility yeah. for them to be touched. That's right. My that's responsibility right. is not to get people saved that's or right. not. It's, yeah. it, that's the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, and my job is to take the opportunity that he gives me. And I pray for those opportunities. Yeah. I pray, God, give me divine appointments. That's what yeah. I call them. Yeah. Or divine opportunities or whatever you want to call them. And, and they happen. Absolutely. The, and, and I think that mindset, that heart behind it, that, okay, I'm not just going out here making things happen. I'm not, you know, um, LeBron James. Making, making the points on my own, just carrying the whole team, right? <laughs> I'm just more like whoever the other people play who, with LeBron James are, right? I, getting the assists, right? I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> you don't either. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like be involving, like, like I'm involved in God's plan, but God's the one who's initiating it. And so like I, I feel like that's it, to understand that I'm not making this happen. God is, is bringing me to an appointment. He's showing me opportunities. And then I'm just, I love that, that you just pray with people. I think that's just, like, so effective. Sometimes I don't yeah. even ask them, like, do you want to say something? Yeah. You're yeah. touching me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, like on your workplace, sometimes yeah. you have to be careful because mm -hmm. of, you know, you don't want them to go to HR and say, hey, this guy's, you know, proselytizing on yeah. the job or something. You know, but they, you know, say a need, like my granddaughter's having open heart surgery or whatever. Yeah. I say, I'll, I will be praying. Yeah. You know, I'll be praying. I honestly will. And then I come back later and ask them, yeah. you know, and just say, I've been praying for you. You know, so it gives that opportunity to, you know, don't be shy about what you've got, yeah. you know, for people. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, um, 
our, our world is so full of distractions, you know, um, and we have opportunity to uh, rein, rein them in a little bit mm. by pulling them out of the distractions, you know, um, by, by asking them questions about who they are and what they're about and yeah. what's important to them and what's not important to them. And, and when we can really demonstrate to people that we are really interested in and them personally, and we don't care how much they love the Seahawks or, or are they going to spring training or, you know, those kinds of things. Those, those are just doors to get into the, the deeper levels of the person's life and stuff. And, and, uh, and uh, a friend of mine has said, every bit of truth with a small T leads to the truth with the capital mm. T, who is, who is Jesus, you know. And so, so, you know, asking them questions and you move from talking about what's important to them, what are they passionate about, what are they into, and moving closer and closer into what you know, what what really brings fulfillment in your life, what really brings satisfaction yeah. in your life, where do you find meaning in your life, where do you find purpose in your life, in really um, different ways of, of saying those things, yeah. you know, brings brings it into the things that I really want to talk about, which, I mean, Judy and I are abnormal because she was 18 when she went in the drug program and I was 20 when we went in the drug program. And, and we never were, I mean, we just, we, we did 40 hours of group therapy as young adults for the, for the next eight years is what, what we did. You yeah. know, we, as soon as we graduated, we continued doing that. So it became, you know, so what are you about? You know, became, <laughs> you know that became our life, and, and that's kind of ingrained in us. We, we, we can be chatty for a little while, but pretty soon we're like, well, what it's happened when your mom yeah. treated yeah. you? You know, yeah. I mean, that kind of way. And so we have, to, we have to dial that back a little bit, her and I, but, but, but that is really the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think a curiosity about people, like a genuine curiosity. You want to know people as they are. And I think people want to be known. They want, there's, this is, we live in such an impersonal yeah. culture. There, you know? There's a reason why people are distracted. And, and yeah. th it's because they want to be distracted from the turmoil that's going on inside mm. of them, you know. And so if we can slow them, slow them down um, a little bit, you know, it, op it opens them up to, to hear their own hearts. Yeah. And then begin to look for, you know, something that yeah, what the Lord need. is, what the Lord's doing in yeah. there. Yeah, um, we talk really practically, and you get to the moment where you're the, the door's wide open. I don't want to say how do you close the sale, right? But how do you, how do you? I mean, because I think it is really, really important that, that there's there's a there's content and substance to the gospel. There's there's a real message that Jesus proclaimed, right? And and we really want to get to that. So what's that look like? Yeah, well, I'll say my part and then I'll yes. turn it over to Judy because she's she's really good at closing the sale. I like to share my story a little bit yeah. because it opened it 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 so you know blatantly shows <laughs> on my own <laughs> I was on a fast path fast path to destruction and and it was when that turn happened when I met Jesus that that things began to change, you know. And so, so I'll, I'll share a little bit about my my history so they can go, well, you're a train wreck. How did you, you know? So that opens the door for me to to actually say, yeah. the step is knowing Jesus, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I'll let Judy talk. I'll let her finish. The
Can we put that next slide up there? Yeah. Um, these scriptures right here, to me, are kind of the crux of the matter. If you're ever leading anybody to the Lord, especially Romans 10, 9, and 10, um, because this is how you can tell somebody, this is how you get saved, you know, whether you use that word or not, you know. And, um, and this is what you can pray with a person when it comes to that opportunity. But I've had the opportunity, and it, and it doesn't always end in prayer, but I just ask people, once we get to the point, you know, where, you know, we've talked about things, and I've prayed for them and stuff like that, have you ever accepted Jesus into your heart? That's what changed my life. You know, or when people say, oh, you have such a great marriage. What's the, what's the secret to your marriage? Well, it's not us. I mean, it's partially us, but it is Jesus, you know, and, and, you, and, and you just tell people, be honest with people. And, you know, and don't be shy about it. People need it. They want it. They're, but, yeah. you know, I think sometimes we have to identify those obstacles that stop us. And it's usually fear. What are people going to think of me? You know, uh, they maybe don't want this. Is this going to ruin our relationship? So that it's things like that, you mm -hmm. know, that you have to identify. What are those obstacles that are, are stopping me? Maybe it's how you behave even. <laughs> you know, don't you just hate those people that have honk if you love Jesus and then they cut in front of you and slam on their brake? You know, well, you honk at them drivers, you know. <laughs> So sometimes, you know, we may need to change our behavior if we want to, um, you know, be kind and considerate to people if we want to be also have the opportunity to share Jesus with them. And, yeah. and, but these scriptures right here, if you just put those in a note on your phone so that if you have the opportunity, it's right there. Maybe you can't memorize them, but, um, but they are the crux of how you lead someone to the Lord mm. easily when someone's ready. And then it's the Holy Spirit's work to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, I, I think that's, that's a, a great thing. But I, I think in the end, I, I, I've definitely felt like, oh, I'll talk to people about Jesus, but just kind of like not, not push any further, not, not really try to, to make it personal with people, because that's way more comfortable for me, you know, to not really be like, I, you know, actually, like, you should probably really consider what, what is on offer here in the gospel. Um, but I think that so, this, so these are absolutely like, like, this is the Roman road, right? These are just verses to have, to have memorized. Um, but to get to the fact that Jesus died to take away anything that would separate us from him, our sin, our shame, anything that would make us think or believe that we are not fully adopted, forgiven, accepted into a life with him. Like we really, like that is such a good thing to get past. Like it's like, it's like you're selling something that's totally free and will be transforming to their life. You know, I and mean, if we understand it that way, like this is just a gift that God wants to give to you, then it becomes a little bit easier to say, no, really, like by faith, entering in and trusting in what Jesus has done, uh, it, it's such an easier thing to sell. I, but I do think, you know, it's, it's one thing, it's, it's pretty easy to get in the mode where, oh, I, I talk about Jesus a lot, but to really, when, when, when you're recognizing that God's moving in someone's life, you're going to have to push it in, in, in the matter of, like, no, you, like, this is really for you, and you, you trust in and believe in Jesus. Um, but I think that, that can feel, that is hard, but it's, I think we have to have a clear mindset that, no, this is really, 
This is the thing that will change people's lives, to know that they've been just totally washed clean and there's nothing that could separate you from the love of God because by faith, you're just trusting in what Jesus has done. Um, Don't you think that most people, they see something that you've got and then they want it? Yeah. You know, or they see something that somebody's got or they see a group of people, like I think what brings people to I-90? They see some other people that it's like, this, this is... This is a good group of people. Mm. I mean, that, and this is good teaching. They, they've got to see something that they want, you know. Yeah. And I don't push people to pray, you know, but, um, you know, if they, if, you know, would you like to accept Jesus now? I mean, you, sometimes people don't even understand our religious terminology, yeah. you know. Of, so it has to be really basic. This is what changed my life. Do you want this, you yeah. know? Yeah. I can pray with you. You can you can have this. You yeah. can do, and and then do you believe you know uh, Romans to if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believes in your believe in your heart God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. I mean if a plane's going down, what are you gonna what are you gonna say? You're gonna stand up and say Jesus will save you. I mean I would I would say save Jesus. You know, if they call on the name of the Lord, not a bunch of religious jargon, they're going to be saved, and that's and then God does the work in their yeah. heart, and that's that's all that is needed. Yeah. Um, yes, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I wanted to say something to uh, to keep us um, alive with the the reality of how much different. Christ makes our lives, you yeah. know, um, because life is hard. It's hard for Christians, but it's so much harder for people that don't know the Lord, you know, and uh, uh, there's been some hard things that have happened to, to my wife and I since we've been saved, you know, it, it, as an immature Christian, I thought, oh, once you're in, once you're on God's team, you know, everything's going to go right, and, and, it, and it did for a long time. Um, and I just thought, oh, you got to be is on the winning team, and hey, it's great. But then, then some things did happen that were really bad, and uh, and like for example, we one of our children died, and and uh, I'd never neither of us had experienced that kind of pain before, you know. But in the midst of that, I realized that you know we had. We had believers that came around us. They fed us. They took care of us. They sent us to Hawaii, you know, to, to heal. They just, they took, it was uh, unbelievable. And we prayed and, and, and sought our comfort in the Lord and so forth. And then there was just like this moment that happened where I realized there's people that don't have anything of this experience that are experiencing what we experience and didn't know the Lord and didn't have hope and didn't have support and all those kinds of things. And so we, though life is hard, it's way harder. And I want you, for those of you that, that, that can remember what it was like before you knew the Lord, you know, uh, go back and visit that time. For those that don't, uh, that you can't remember what it was like without the Lord, you know, do some meditating. Do some thinking about it, because that that uh, that inner voice of of sharing with the Lord and that constant reminder of the Word of God, uh, you know, that He is our very present help in time of need, and and so many other scriptures that that comfort us and His truth and the reality of of forgiveness and of eternal life and all those kinds of mm-hmm. things. We need to bring ourselves back to that because that'll push us right past that anxiety of, 
Yeah. Let's put the hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me help you meet Jesus. And what I mean by that, yeah. <laughs> probably a bad way to say it. Well, but, yeah. but, but let me introduce you to Jesus. This yeah. is what you have to, this is what it takes. You're at that place. Let's, because when, you, when it's so clear, uh, it's something that, that's the discipline that, that, that pastor's been talking about as far as like the spiritual disciplines. That, that keeps us there. It keeps it alive in us, the life-changing power of God on a, on a daily and, and weekly basis. Yeah. Something practical. Yeah. You know, um, if you want to practice, um, children are a great way to practice leading people to the Lord because they are so ready and open and your own children working in children's church you know um, but you know children they're 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 easy so if you're intimidated by adults (laughs) 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 and 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 children will get saved over and over again they'll want to pray you know it's not not that they need that I'm not saying that but um Mm. but you know, pray with children. Ask them. Take the opportunity and yeah. just say, "Hey, they ask do you deep know questions. Jesus?" You yeah. know, yeah. And and you know, a lot of kids, like neighborhood kids and stuff like that. You know, I they haven't actually. Some of them heard of Jesus. It's not in the schools. They they're not going to church. Some of them don't even know who Jesus is. You know, and I think as Christians we forget that. Yeah. You know that they don't they don't even know do something in your neighborhood for these kids you yeah. know and and start with children because yeah. they're they want they they're they're more spirit-like mm. even than yeah. adults and so beautiful I just uh to introduce a topic or to get towards spiritual things i just thought of this one line that i use regularly but um because i have to uh I, I practice in a clinic, and so I have to be careful in how I ask particular questions, you know, because of, anyway, the question is I, that I ask frequently is, do you, have, do you have any spiritual beliefs that are important to you? And that kind of opens the door for having a discussion without being... Um, Leading. Yeah. 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 Um, I want us to get to our questions. We have some questions okay. that came in. So uh, the first one is a doozy. <laughs> um, oh, wait. It just got outvoted. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna, I, 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 let's start with that. Um, okay, what is the best way to share uh, uh, the, the truth with those who believe only believe in science? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just personally, I would, I would say that you should really think deeply about your worldview and their worldview and start questions about that. Because I think in the end, actually, people are not particularly rational. Um, yeah. Because uh, I would say those are not conflicting topics. No, no, no. Yeah. And but I'm I'm not a good person because I'm not a science person. So, but I'm more of a no nonsense, you know, practical. But yeah. I would just, you know, if somebody said that to me, I'd say I don't think they're conflicting topics. Yeah. And they're still spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah. Well, and, and but I I think that in the end, um, yeah, you you recognize that, and you recognize that people are are are, are spiritual. Uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. So there's a there's a philosopher named Charles Taylor. He's a Canadian, and he writes on secular theory, and he's written a book like that big, uh, which I haven't read. I just read books about that book. Much, e <laughs> much easier, much easier. Um, and so he has this, this idea that, um, like, we've moved as a culture from, like, the time of the Enlightenment uh, to, to where we are now to, like, a secular culture. And what he says is that we've framed the world imminently. So We've only accepted culturally what we can see in front of us. We've disregarded the transcendent, right? So any, just, just largely, our, our scientifically driven culture ignores transcendent things uh, just out, out of hand. Um, but he makes the argument that everyone who lives in the imminent frame feels uh, buffered, and they call, call it the buffered self. And so he just basically says, and he does it very, argues very convincingly that, that people, um, people who are living in, in that worldview actually have a longing for the transcendent. Um, and that kind of can sound a little, oh, that's something a Christian would say, but this is, you know, a secularist from Canada, uh, and he's recognizing it too. Um, and, and I think that is largely true. And, and in the end, like, I think that the, that the, and this has been true of philosophical systems for thousands of years, is that they all have downsides. And, and, and scientism, materialism, is a philosophical system, just like anything else. And it, it does not scratch every itch of the human soul. Um, and just to, just to ask deep questions about meaning, I think ends up actually uh, making people question the coherence of their worldview in a way that's healthy. Um, and really asking questions. Okay, we had one. We had one more question that got way up to the top here. It's this: um, What do you do when someone attacks you when you present the gospel, and how do you respond in the moment? Well, um, <laughs> I, I would take, depending on how aggressive they are, I would take a deep breath, you know. <laughs> um, but but I would I would ask what. Why are you so angry? Why are you? Mm. What is provoking this? Why, you know, wh where are you coming from with your aggressiveness and so forth? Is you know, is is this a, a religious person that beat you up or something? Yeah. You know, or or is there is there something more that's going on that's that's pushing this aggressive thing? Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've you've been forgiven, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that that did happen, and and, you were and one of those people. It was because I was. Of what you, your your perception or what what you've been brought up with, what you saw. I loved to pop self righteous balloons 
of people that were in my face with their Christianity. Those are the people that bugged me the most, you know. We're like, oh, you, if you, you know. And I'm like, really? And then I would argue with them and typically win. <laughs> Unfortunately. I would say the most important thing when somebody attacks you is not to, not to get triggered. Yeah. Not to get triggered and not to bite into it. Yeah. You know, like Bob said, take a breath, step back, you know, because there's no point in arguing. There's just absolutely no point in debating with somebody who wants to debate about yep. Christianity or Jesus or anything else. You know, it's like next, you know, just uh, they're, they're not open. Or, you know, you can say something like Bob said, you know, ask them a question, but don't get triggered. Don't start arguing yeah, with them. Don't try and prove your point or anything like that because it's worthless, you know. Yeah, the fruit and of your life is, is the greatest defense that you have. That yeah. if, it's, if it's coming off with some humility and some, and some grace and some love, it's, it's going to, you know, it, it may have a chance. But if you try to go, well, you don't know the Bible. <laughs> you know, straighten you out. You, you come off like that and, and you're going to win their case for them. Yeah. You know, but if you respond with love and grace and yeah. humility, Jesus said there's no greater love than he who lays down his life for his friends, right? And how much more so is that true of those who lay down their pride and their dignity and their sense of correctness? Just put that out before people and just say, oh, I guess you want to trample over what I believe. I'm just going to love you. Because actually I have such a great confidence that the gospel, that Jesus died for you, that he cares for you, that he wants to transform you is, is actually powerful enough. It, it's, it's like... It will, def it is uh, defendable, yeah. you know? I, I just see this all the time. Um, in the end, I, either God is at work in the world, either Jesus is Lord of everything, or he's not. And if we're people who have confidence that, that he is Lord of all, then we don't have to be anxious in, in, present, in defending the gospel. But we do have to be eager in partnering with God to, to bring the gospel forward as much as possible, you know? And confident that people are going to throw it in our face, that they're going to be mad at us. I think keeping a cool head is, is it. But I just honestly, like, just in the end, um, no one came to Jesus because they, they reasoned their way to it. Everybody who's come to Jesus has just heard that the invitation of God, the incarnation, like Jesus coming down, like, like just... just understanding that that was for them. Yeah. So it's, it's like an encounter with the living God, the God who's alive, who, who's active in the world. And so we, 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 we certainly, like, apologetics is important. We help people to meet their, their reasonable objections, the, the questions that they have. But in the end, it's, it's people who need an encounter with Jesus. And I think the most angry people are the ones who actually are, are really Close. desperate for it because yeah. they have something in their spirits that's just agitated that needs to be right. just taken away and, yeah. and, and healed. Yeah. Um, so I would say, just, just pray for those people. Long-term relationship, if you can have it. You might not, you might not have the opportunity to have a long-term relationship with somebody like that. But just be patient with them, be kind with them, invite them. Those are the people you want in your home, the ones who are angry with you. Just come see how I live. Like, just, I'm just going to be kind to you. Let's talk about it in, a, in an environment where maybe you're hopefully going to control yourself a little bit more, right? Um, but just, just keep those conversations going. I yeah. think, can yeah. I, oops, sorry. Can I, I'll just say one thing. Yeah. <laughs> if we just know God is drawing those people. Yes, that's he right. He is doing the yeah. work, and then he's matching them up with people that are ready. Yeah. 
to say something to yeah, they're they're right. ready they're equipped to see that person that God has worked in yeah we'll we'll be successful in 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 leading Christ people to Christ and I have to say that one of the most fulfilling things that feels so good and makes you feel so close to God is when you see that he used you yes. to touch somebody. Mm. It's like, wow, thank you, God. You, you thought enough of me to lead me to that person. Mm. It feels so good. It makes you want to do it. But then we do have to be purposeful to pray for opportunities, look for opportunities, take those opportunities. Yeah. But we don't have to try and push people into it. That's right. And sell them something because they're not going to be ready. You know, you just have to be ready when they're ready. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's, that's okay. It's good. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I was going to say is people that, uh, that that you're not getting anywhere with them. They're, they're like kind of in your face. You know, it's like um, I, w- I would say to them, even if you're right, there's nothing about my lifestyle that I would change. I don't I don't think there's a better life that you can live than the life that the scripture gives us, you know? And so, um, you know, uh, uh, this is what I believe in. This is, you know, and and I think that that if people would really look at at the scriptures as a lifestyle, I think the majority of people... John 10, 10, right? It's, yeah, yeah, life and life to the fullest. And and loving and giving and and, uh, being humble and being caring. I mean, it's just just a, a wonderful way of living. Yeah. If you, that's yeah, beautiful. Well, we should stop. We've talked a lot. Thank you guys. This has been a little bit different. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back to our, our regular scheduled program next week. <laughs> um, but let's let's just pray, and then uh, Danielle will, will just lead us out in worship here. Um, so God, thank you so much. Thank you for this church. Thank you for um, inviting us to be on mission with you. Lord, to just do the simple thing, you just just opening our mouths, talking about what you've done. Lord, just give us just give us the the courage that we need. Uh, give us the the equipping that we need. Lord, give us the excitement to to meet with you in our day to day lives and and just be uh, partnering with you to share your word and advance your kingdom, God. But we are doing a good work, a good work of sharing you uh, and inviting people into life, Lord. Lord, it's the only hope that we've ever had that's real, Lord, and it's the only hope that for this world, Lord, just that people would know you. Lord, you are reconciling people to yourself, reconciling all things to yourself, God. So let's just give us the, the, um, the vision and the hope to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, why don't we just stand up? We'll worship together.